Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et Messieurs, good morning ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique sur les résultats du troisième trimestre 2021 de WSP. Welcome to WSP's 2021 Second Quarter Results Conference Call. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Quentin Weber, Investor Relations. À vous la parole, please go ahead, Mr. Weber. Good morning and thank you for your time today. We hope that you're all safe and doing well. On today's call, we will be discussing our 2021 Q3 performance, followed by a Q&A session. With us today are Alexandre Leroux, our President and CEO, and Alain Michaud, our CFO. Please note that this call is also accessible on our website via webcast. During the call, we will be making some forward-looking statements, and actual results could be different from those expressed or implied. We undertake no obligation to update or revise any of these statements. Relevant factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from those forward-looking statements are listed in our most recent management discussion and analysis. Also, during the call, we may refer to certain non-IFRS measures. These measures are defined in our management discussion and analysis of the third quarter of 2021, as well as our management discussion and analysis for the year ended December 31st, 2020, both of which can be found on CDAR and on our website. Our MDNA also includes reconciliations of non-IFRS measures to the most directly comparable IFRS measures. Management believes that these non-IFRS measures provide useful information to investors regarding the corporation's financial condition and result of provision, as they provide additional key metrics of its performance. These non-IFRS measures are not recognized under IFRS, do not have any standardized meaning prescribed under IFRS, and may differ from similarly named measures as reported by other issuers, and accordingly may not be comparable. These measures should not be viewed as a substitute for the related financial information prepared in accordance with IFRS. With that, I will now turn the call over to Alexandre. Thank you, Quentin, and uh, good morning, everyone. I trust you are well and uh, keeping safe uh, today. Let me begin, begin by saying I'm very pleased with our performance in the third quarter. Our focus and discipline continue to deliver strong results. Before we go any further, let me highlight three key points. The first, the third quarter has delivered results in line with our improved guidance. Year over year, our adjusted EBITDA margin increased by 100 basis points. Our our adjusted net earnings per share grew by more than 30%, and our balance sheet and cash collection remain strong. Second, across our markets, overall proposal activity continues to be robust, and our win rate has yielded a healthy backlog with an overall organic growth of 5.5% year-to-date. What is just as promising is the recent U.S. congressional passage of the infrastructure bill. Third, our Golder acquisition continues to deliver results above expectations, fueling continued advancement in the earth environment service sector. The integration activities are progressing according to plan, and so far, over 50 Golder leaders have undertaken key leadership roles around the globe. We are finding the addition of the Golder brand to be a talent attraction advantage in a highly competitive market. The strength of our earth and environment practice positions us well for the global transition to a green economy. As you are all aware, the United Nations COP26 summit is concluding this week with the stated goal of accelerating action towards the goals of the Paris Agreement and the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. As the world continues to pledge action, WSP expects to be at the forefront of defining solutions for clients that are future ready, advising and guiding them on the best way to navigate their business within a low carbon economy and delivering on the pledges offered in such forums. In fact, 
we are actively observing net zero drivers creating many growth opportunities for our teams across the globe as the patterns of spending in a post-pandemic economy shift. We remain committed to not only supporting, but leading the world's green transition through proven scientific approaches and smart engineering. This quarter saw us achieve some key recognitions. In addition to numerous projects excellence award in the US, Australia, Europe, and Canada, we are proud that WSP achieved the number one ranking among buildings top uh, 150 consultant list in the UK, moving up from the eighth position in the previous survey. This demonstrates our growing leadership in the property and building market in the region. Even as we see many markets flourish, conditions related to the global pandemic remain fluid. We continue to monitor the situation across all of our operating uh, locations and adapt project delivery in regions with increased restrictions. In this quarter, we continue to support flexible work arrangements for people. Some staff are choosing to return to the office environment, while others, like our colleagues in Australia and New Zealand, have experienced lockdowns. We continue to follow our business continuity plans and focus on helping our people to be safe and productive wherever they are located. Separately, we were pleased to announce the strategic acquisition of Engel Kirk in October, adding capabilities in our property and building sectors and growing WSP structural engineering practice on the U.S. West Coast. Not only did did uh, this recent acquisition help to achieve our strategic goals for the U.S., but it, it is also just the latest stride in growing WSP in the U.S. In 2021 alone, through our acquisitions, we added more than 1,900 professionals to our team, and during the last three-year cycles, our headcount has more than doubled. Our scale in the U.S. and our recognizability to deliver on projects of significant complexity and scope bode well in light of the upcoming opportunities and momentum in the market resulting from a significant infrastructure investment around the globe. With the congressional passage of the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act in the United States, uh, this will make a historic investment in rehabilitating, modernizing, and transforming its infrastructure, which is obviously a really good news. Today, our U.S. clients are continuing to move forward with their capital plans, and now with this positive outcome, we believe we will see more substantive projects in late 2022 or 2023 as funding becomes clear and accessible. In Canada, WSP is seeing increased project demands resulting from both private and public investment. The federal government alone has committed to more than $100 billion of infrastructure funding over three years, including approximately $18 billion in green spending towards the Paris Climate Accord uh, goals. This shift towards ESG and climate change will be felt in all sectors as part of the post-pandemic spending, and we are well positioned to capitalize on this. We also see opportunities coming from the UK where WSP is exploring project potential as the government recently released its plan to spend on health, education, transport, and other public services next year increasing its investment 3.8% a year on average. And similarly, in Australia, the infrastructure market has received an allocation of 225 billion Australian dollars for general government sector infrastructure spending. So let me just take a moment to highlight a few notable wins during Q3. We were recently selected for 500 million US dollar and definite delivery and definite quantity contract where WSP will serve as the managing partner of the winning joint venture. The contract will directly support the US Navy's shipyard infrastructure optimization program and will focus on modifying and replacing infrastructure to increase efficiencies of workflow and operation within the shipyards. 
Bolstered by our fruitful collaboration with our new Golder colleagues, our leadership in advancing the green transition with our future ready approach helped to win several pioneer projects. In the Nordics, we were proud to have been chosen to conduct the environmental baseline investigation in support of establishing the world's first energy islands, marking the beginning of a new era for large-scale offshore wind power. When complete, the two energy islands will supply enough power for six million households in Denmark. Continuing the team of projects arising from the green transitions, we're also selected to serve as owners engineers in building Canada or Canada's first net zero power infrastructure using alarm cycle technology representing a major step toward the decarbonization of power generation in Canada. In Australia, New Zealand, we continue to bring our transportation infrastructure expertise to bear on major roadway programs. In the new assignment in New Zealand, WSP will investigate, design, and supervise construction for road safety improvements across a series of corridors across New Zealand with the objectives of reducing death and serious injuries from roadway incidents by 40%. In Australia, we will be providing environmental site investigations, geological and geotechnical modeling, and design services for the Northeast Link project, which has a total capital value of 14 billion Canadian dollars. Supporting the delivery of these projects are our teams of experts around the world. We continue to focus on talent retention through a strong culture of teamwork, inclusion, technical excellence, and professional development. In Q3, we grew our headcount through focus recruiting efforts, and we are proud that talent is seeking WSP as an employer of choice. We continue our dedication to seeking and retaining the best in the business to continue to meet our client and project commitments. Alain will now review our financial results in more detail. Alain, uh, up to you. Thanks, Alex, and good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm pleased this morning to report on our new on our results for the third quarter of 2021, driven by organic revenue growth in all segments and favorable results from recent acquisitions. Let's start with our top line. For the third quarter, revenue and net revenues for the quarter reached 2.7 billion and 2 billion, up 24% and 20%, respectively, compared to Q3 2020. The increase was driven by an overall organic growth of 4.3%. Moving to profitability, adjusted EBITDA in the quarter reached $378 million, up 27%, compared to $297 million in Q3 2020, largely due to the contribution of recent acquisition. Adjusted EBITDA margin for the quarter reached 18.6%, compared to 17.6% in Q3 2020, the improvement in adjusted EBITDA margin is mainly attributable to the higher margin profile of recent acquisition and improved market condition in multiple regions. Our adjusted net earnings for Q3 2021 were $180 million, or $1.53 per share, up 36 and 32% respectively compared to Q3 2020. The increase in these metrics is mainly attributable to higher adjusted EBITDA. Our backlog at the end of September 2021 reached $10 billion, representing 11.6 months of revenue, up 19% in the nine-month period, mainly due to acquisition growth and steady organic growth. On a constant currency basis, backlog grew organically by 5.5% compared to backlog at the end of December 2020. Overall proposal activity continues to be very robust across the business. Moving on to cash position, cash inflows from operating activities in the nine-month period amounted to $547 million compared to $743 million in 2020. On a free cash flow basis, we generated $276 million in a nine-month period compared to $501 million in 2020. Higher free cash flow in 2020 was mainly driven by deferral of income tax and other remittances in some jurisdictions 
increase investment in working capital in 2021 to support our growth. For the trailing 12 months in the June 2021, free cash flow amounted to $540 million, representing 1.3 times our net earnings. DSO at the end of September stood at a very good level of 73 days compared to 72 days at the end of September 2020. As of the end of Q3, our balance sheet remains strong with a, debt, a net debt position of $1.1 billion and a net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio of 0.9. During the quarter, we also declare a dividend of $0.37.5 cents per share for shareholders on record as of September 30, 2021, which was paid on October 15, 2021, with a 54.2% drip participation the net cash outlay was $20.2 million. This concludes my remarks. Alex, back to you. Thank you, Alain. So given our continued performance in line with expectations uh, built on the strong performance uh, from our platform and our 2021 uh, acquisition, um, we also uh, will, uh, with our continued discipline in managing our business and serving our clients, and also our resilience in adapting to changing market demands and sustainability and healthy backlog. We are therefore in a position to reaffirm the financial outlook for 2021 issued in, the, in our Q2 2021 press release with the adjusted EBITDA range uh, narrowed and now expected to be between 1.3 billion uh, to 1.32 uh, billion. In conclusion, I am pleased with the continued momentum we have experienced in the third quarter and very proud of our dedication to achieving our 2019-2021 strategic ambitions. In early 2022, we look forward to sharing our next three-year strategic plan with you as we continue to chart an exciting future for WSP. I would now like to open the line for questions. Thank you. At this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from J Jacob Bout from CIBC. Please go ahead. Good morning. Hello, Jacob. Good morning. Um, how should we think about the uh, the impact of the U.S. Infra Bill uh, being passed for, for WSP? I guess the obvious one is the conversion of, of soft backlog into uh, hard backlog. Um, I guess how quickly can that conversion happen? And then as we think about organic growth uh, in America's going forward, um, does that move you from kind of mid single digits to mid to high single digit organic growth rates exiting 2022? Look, I mean, it's, it's fresh off the press, uh, Jacob. So, uh, like you, we we are uh, we uh, we were pleased uh, to see the announcement Friday last week. President Biden is expecting to sign uh, the, the bill on November 15, uh, after which uh, this will trigger for the government agencies uh, to launch their, their administrative grant. Uh, and, and, and this will take time, obviously, so, so it is expected that this process will, will last at least anything between three to, to six months uh, before we, we see uh, the funds um, entering the pipeline. Um, <clears throat> clearly, our clients at the moment are, are excited. Uh, there's all, obviously also a nervousness about uh, the ability to deliver, which uh, I haven't seen you know, and, and in a very long time. So, so I think this is uh, clearly a, a positive outcome. Uh, as it relates to uh, organic growth, um, I think uh, clearly, as I, I just stated, th this is a real positive uh, for, for U.S. business. Uh, over the year, we've, we grew our, our uh, soft backlog uh, by, you know, Seven folds, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, just a year to date, uh, and obviously uh, the the inability of our clients to have certainty uh, around the funding is probably what drove, um, you know, the uh, our the um, the issue of, of of converting the soft backlog in hard backlog. So, so this is clearly a, a positive uh, for us. 
uh, how this will translate into the marketplace uh, and how quickly uh, clients will be eager to, um, to you know, transform or, 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 or transpose the sub-backlog into hard backlog is, is to be seen. Um, but it's clear that uh, this, is, this is positive uh, as it relates to organic growth. Appreciate those insights. Maybe my second question here is just on the sustainability of margins. They're very solid in the third quarter, but as you move into 2022, um, you know, how, how are you thinking about margins given you know wage pressure, inflation, and and the phase back of some of the discretionary costs of reopening? Obviously, wages uh, and inflation and something we're, we're very much uh, focused on at the moment. Uh, we are. Uh, you know, we are approaching it, uh, and, and we, we are cautiously optimistic that in the next plan uh, we'll, we'll do everything uh, we can, and, and that should not come as a, as a surprise to continue to uh, improve our performance. But this is this is obviously uh, something that we are monitoring right now uh, very very carefully. Um, as you know, Q3 is always the quarter where we generate the highest margin profile. Uh, having said all that, given the outlook, that the, the improved outlook that we provided, uh, clearly we, we are expecting uh, for this year you know, an improved margin profile compared to 2020, which is good news. And, and clearly, Jacob, as I've always said in the past, uh, I'm a believer that uh, there's room for us to continue to improve and uh, we'll do everything in our power to continue to improve uh, next year and, and the years uh, after. Okay, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Jacob. Your next question comes from Frédéric Bastier from Raymond James. Please go ahead. Uh, bon matin. Bon matin, Frédéric. Uh, guys, let's build on um, Jacob's question. Uh, obviously, this week's passage of the U.S. infrastructure bill is positive, but perhaps more importantly, you've got massive opportunities related to the net zero transition on a global basis. So to me, it feels like the sector is poised to enjoy above average organic growth over the next four to five years. Um, do you share that view, and how should we think about that from um, WSB's perspective? I, I think it's a fair assumption, um, uh, Frederick, no doubt, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I think our environmental sector, earth environmental sector right now is performing uh, way above, you know, our KGOR organic growth rate uh, in, in the last, I'd say, decade, frankly. So um, I look at our performance year to date and I look at our performance for the quarter. Uh, this is by far our, our fastest growing uh, sector at the moment, but I'm also very excited uh, about our transportation sector uh, and market in the U.S., for instance, but I, I mentioned all of the <clears throat> plans and infrastructure bills that are, not bills, but the infrastructure plans that the various governments have came up with in Canada, in Australia, in the U.K., and, and, and in the Nordics, so, so I think Let's not just forget that uh, all of our end markets are interconnected, and uh, the work that we do in the environment is obviously uh, and oftentimes in preparation for more work in the, in the transportation, infrastructure, and building sector. So, so I, I think this is uh, this is good news because the work that you typically do in environment is is, is upstream work. So. Um, so uh, let's wait and see. But uh, I, all in all, I think this is this is a real positive. Thanks for that, Alex. Um, my other question is relates to um, perhaps opportunities where WSP or Golder would previously not have been able to bid on. I mean, have you are you seeing more opportunities of that, of that nature where the, that shows sort of the revenue synergies that your the combined firms have been able to generate? Are there are there good opportunities that um, uh, open yes. up uh, to, to the company? 
Absolutely, Frederick. I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> and I'm not seeing just a few opportunities. I'm seeing many, many opportunities in the funnel. Um, I'll give you an example. You just take uh, the mining sector, for instance. We know that at the moment uh, we can uh, agree to disagree on the terms, but let's assume that <laughs> we, we collectively agree that we are in, in, a, in a good, if not a super cycle, in a good cycle. Uh, Golder is the leading firm in below ground engineering in the mining sector. <clears throat> WSP is one of the leading firm in above ground engineering. And most of the capex typically in a mining project will take place uh, uh, above ground. And, and everything that has to do around the mining uh, project. Golder on a standalone basis was not in the position uh, to carry out that kind of work. WSP, we are expert in that type of work. So, so the combination of, of, of Golder and, and WSP in that regard is, is just incredible. <clears throat> and that was the whole thesis behind this investment. So uh, this is just one example, but we are, we are bidding jointly uh, on a number of, of projects right now. And um, I, I, we've been quite successful. Let's not forget that WSP and Golder have a history of working together as well. So it's not like two firms came together and we didn't know uh, one another. Uh, we had the utmost respect for uh, the expertise that they were bringing to the table, and, and so is, is them. So, so I think it's um, it's uh, we're, we're very pleased so far with uh, uh, with, with uh, the outcome, but the the, the joint bidding activity that uh, as a result of it. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks. Your next question comes from Chris Murray from ATB Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks, folks. Um, just turning back to the margin question a little bit, I guess the question I've got is just looking at the outlook and, and certainly uh, pretty good growth, but just I guess a question around utilization and your ability to be able to bring in additional work um, and how do you feel about you know the, your, your current staffing levels and can you run more uh, volume through the same uh, cost base. Uh, good morning, Chris. Look, a, a number of good questions uh, in, in this question. Look, uh, at the end of the day, if you just look the last decade and you look at the, the fee per revenue that we have been able to generate per employee, uh, consistently it has, it has increased over time. So starting with your last question, obviously we are, we are in a position today to do more uh, with less uh, for a variety of different reasons. First, we are perhaps more efficient uh, over time and over the last many years, we were able to leverage technology uh, to our own advantage, uh, which, is, which is good news. Uh, and, and, and clearly there is uh, improved productivity right now and we, we've experienced that for, you know, during the pandemic but also pre-pandemic. So, so over time and during this last strategic cycle, we have been able to become more productive and more efficient uh, in, the way, in the way we deliver projects. So, so, so that, that's good news. And, and as it relates to uh, margin, uh, look, and, and I mentioned it before, uh, the, the trending around margins cannot just be looked into one quarter. It has to be looked at over time. And, and yet again, if I look back uh, the last five, six years, consistently we have been able to uh, improve our margin profile. And that's clearly the goal that uh, we will be setting uh, for, for our business in, in the next cycle. There's no doubt about it. Um, but the organic growth also is equally important, and we have, uh, we have, you know, I look at the underlying trends in our industry, and I, I, I think that bodes well as well for, for organic growth. So we have to, uh, to take advantage of, of, of uh, the market that is in front of us, and, uh, and, and I'm confident that uh, we will be able to take advantage of it. Okay, thank you. Um, and then, you know, the other comment that you made in talking about margin profile was about the acquisitions. Um, and I'm assuming you're referring to Golder, but is there anything else that we should be thinking about in terms of the impact of recent acquisitions on that margin profile? It's, it's certainly not just Golder. 
uh, I look at the recent acquisitions that we completed uh, in, in, in mechanical, electrical, and and and, and, um, and the, in the U.S. Certainly, building our, our U.S. platform out west. Um, uh, clearly, the the Olympics uh, will be a big thing in the next few years, and and having a strong MEP platform uh, out west and in in, in, uh, in the U.S. was very important for us. Acquiring a structural firm in L.A. was uh, extremely important to us. And then you look at the, the recent acquisition that we completed, KW and, and the data center, but the mission critical and data center um, uh, sector, which right now uh, is performing at a very, very high level. Uh, probably our highest margin profile in the group at the moment. Uh, and, and, and we're acquiring market share and continue to um, to expand our presence in that sector. So that too, I thought was a, a smart move by, by the team. And uh, I'm, I'm very pleased by that. So, so I'd say this year, all of our acquisitions have, 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 have performed extremely well. And I expect them to continue to perform like that, hopefully, uh, obviously next year. All right, that's helpful. Thank you, I'll pass it over. Thank you. Your next question comes from Benoit Poirier from Desjardins Capital Market. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, everyone, and uh, congratulations for uh, the good quarter. Uh, Alex, when we look at organic growth per geographic segment, obviously very strong in Canada, the U.S., Latin America, U.K., uh, but you mentioned continued softness in the Nordics. So could you provide some color on what is driving the softness uh, the ability to recover, and if you would exclude the Nordics, how would look like the organic growth if you would assume a more normalized level for uh, the uh, uh, for the uh, Nordics? Yeah, I have not run the math, Benoit. If I was to exclude the Nordics, um, I was, uh, but it's, it's clearly going to be much. It would be much higher, but. I, I'll give you a, a different answer. If, if, if we were considering our acquisition uh, and um, to be organic growth this year, if I look at the organic growth that Golder has experienced, the organic growth that our mission critical business has experienced, our property and building business have experienced, uh, you know, would be in, in, in the high mid single. Um, single digits, so it uh, would be a very strong quarter from an organic growth point of view. Uh, that's very positive. I have not run the map without uh, without the Nordics. Uh, I think Alain could come back to you offline and, and, and give you that answer. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, what happened in Nordics, look, the, the, way, the way the pandemic was managed uh, perhaps has certainly uh, ended clients uh, to be in a position to procure work. Uh, it's, been, it's been clearly a bit more challenging uh, in, in the region. Uh, let just me be clear on this. I think we have an incredible business in the Nordics. Uh, we have a, a leadership position. And uh, we are one, if not the only, international firm uh, who has, an, a, 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 who has uh, the opportunity to perform in the region. So, um, uh, so uh, we entered that market in early 2000, and and we're, we're extremely pleased about uh, about um, uh, about our presence in, in the region. Uh, there was a change in in, in, uh, in leadership, which was announced in the last quarter, if you recall, um, and it's uh, a lady who is taking over and has been part of uh, the Golder team for many many years, and. And uh, I'm going to be there next week, and um, I, I believe that uh, the future is bright for for that business. It's just that the, the current work, uh, the current market environment is is a bit more challenging. But I think in the longer term, uh, it's going to be a good market for for WSP, no doubt. Okay, that's great. And maybe for LA, DSO increased sequentially by five days, and while seasonality typically brings down the number in Q4. So, any color on what drove the increase quarter over quarter, and whether we should see a five or six day improvement uh, in Q4 like we normally do? 
Yeah, thanks, Ben. Well, last year we we have to remember Q4 was a, a really good quarter, um, so we're still guiding uh, between 73 and 78 days for for 2021. Um, you know, we're obviously supporting uh, the growth right now, so that impacts. Uh, you know, our, our you know we're investing in working capital, um, but you know we we should get to the lower end of the range. Um, by the end of the year, but that's the way we look at it. Okay, okay, and, and you're Alex. You're now obviously very well on track to deliver on your three-year plan and getting closer to introduce the new one. So, without giving us specific numbers, any color about the direction or trends we should be aware of? Uh... Look, Benoit. I don't think this should come as a surprise, but we have planned to go up. <laughs> you know, we uh, we we will do. Uh, you know, I, I I mentioned it earlier on. I look the underlying trends in our industry are. I, I think it'd be fair, and I, I think we would all collectively agree that they're strong. Um, and uh, I believe WSP is uniquely positioned to take advantage of those trends, not only in the herd environment sector. And I mentioned before, we we have only one ambition in that regard uh, as it relates to a herd environment and, and our future ready program. We want to be the leading firm in the green transition, full stop. That's our ambitions. Uh, so I'm not, I'm sure I'm not telling you anything uh, that, that you, you don't know already or surprised by, but but it's certainly going to be a, a cornerstone of our strategy to continue uh, on our journey uh, and, and, and having the aspiration to be the leading firm uh, in the space. And, and that, that we're not going to rest until we, uh, we get there. And, um, and that will be a, obviously a, a key ambition of our, of our next three-year plan. Uh, I, I think we're going to hopefully, you know, we, we, have, we have hopefully everything in our toolbox to uh, exceed the organic growth rate that uh, we were able to uh, generate over the last decade on an AKGAR basis. Uh, I think we have the right platform, we have the right leadership team, uh, we have the, the, the right people with a, a board that is believing in the, in, in, in the management team and is believing in the vision that we are setting for, for the business. And on top of it, we have a, a very strong balance sheet uh, with the balance sheet now that is below one-time uh, leverage. Uh, this year, given the strong performance of, of, of the business, we were able to deliver very quickly uh, our Golder acquisition. So we are entering this uh, strategic cycle uh, with a very strong balance sheet, uh, a renewed uh, leadership team. Uh, strong board, uh, I believe uh, a strong track record, and uh, with a good margin profile. Um, so I'm looking at, that, uh, at, at all of this, and uh, you know, I, I don't remember entering a new strategic cycle in a better position. So, um, so uh, I'm excited by it, and, and I look forward to updating you uh, uh, in the new year, obviously. Perfect. That's great, Father. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Mr. Benoit. Your next question comes from Sabahat Khan from RBC Capital Market. Please go ahead. Great. Thanks, and good morning. Um, maybe just kind of going at the outlook question a different way, maybe not focusing on the numbers, but you know, if you look out over the next few years, um, given some of the growth you've had in certain regions and then markets, you know, where do you see the greatest opportunity still? You know, which regions do you think have a lot more potential over the next few years? Are there end markets that you see yourself playing a bigger role than you see today? Just trying to get perspective on, you know, after a strong year and gold are partly integrated, you know, which areas are you really focused on uh, over the next few years? Just, you know, beyond just a strategic plan, but just for organic or yeah. any opportunities. No, I understand your uh, your question. Look, I think that the power of, of uh, the WSP platform is resides in its uh, diversity. And, and of course, uh, in recent quarters and recent years, we've, we've talked a lot about 
um, the ESG trends, and we talked a lot about uh, our earth environmental sector. But in the background, uh, there's tremendous opportunities in our other end markets. Uh, transportation infrastructure is, is one. Uh, and um, I remember not so long ago, uh, people being uh, a bit, um, I'm not sure negative is the right word, but uh, a bit negative around the property and, and building sector. But I have to tell you, I mean, uh, the way we are, we have been able to diversify uh, our property and building sector in recent years and, and tapping in new markets like mission critical I just talked about, the healthcare sector, which is going to continue to, to grow uh, uh, and we'll, we'll, with, with great strides over the next few years. Uh, you know, I, I think we are WSP, uh, as I said before to Benoit, uniquely positioned to take advantage of that. And, and, and I think what's so appealing uh, about uh, the end markets where we operate is that they are all interconnected. We are now in a position to bring experts uh, uh, on, on the earth environmental sector with our transportation sector, with our digital expert, providing increased digital services to, to our clients. We can bring experts uh, in our property and building sector. Of course, in the next few years, if you ask me where I would like to grow our uh, additional sectors, I think that the power sector will be uh, something in demand, and for the next 10, year, 10 years, there'll be an incredible amount of work in, in that regard. Connecting new source of energy to existing uh, grid uh, will, be, uh, uh, will be a source of uh, incredible work. So, so to continue to increase uh, our footprint uh, in that sector is something that uh, I would like to be able to achieve. Uh, and that we can do organically. Uh, and hopefully we will be able to uh, to uh, to grow it through acquisition as well. So um, so there are a number of sectors that we're going to continue to to grow. And and I haven't uh, you know I haven't discussed the regions, but um, most of our regions are still to this day subscale. Despite or in spite the fact that the UK we have a, a large business, for instance, we can grow a presence in the UK. We can continue to grow a presence in Canada. We in fact, in fact, without the before the gold acquisition. Hello? Get in yes. here. Hello? Can you hear us? Wait. Hello? Can you hear me? It's Kevin. Yeah, I could hear you. I could hear you. Alex? Yes. Hello. Okay, good. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Are you so uh, fact, are you the only one for now? Sorry. No, I'm with Alain. I'm with the the team and uh, who's speaking? Okay, good. Perfect. Okay. So anyway, look, I I, I think I I, I see uh, I I see a great. Uh, Many opportunities, both regionally and the and, and markets, and um, and we'll update you in due course uh, as as we think about the next plan. Okay, thanks for that. I'm not sure what that was in between, but um, um, I guess as you think about, maybe if we could just delve a little bit into the properties and building side. Um, you know, one of the themes that WSP has historically played on is urbanizations, and you know, you're focused a bit more on the OECD countries. Um, you know, as you talk to your clients and as you look at the regions globally, you know. There was some concern early in the pandemic that that theme might moderate, but what are you hearing today? No, I, uh, yeah, I, I just talked about this. I think uh, I, I look at our property and building sector, and um, right now it's very strong. It's growing, margin profile are high, and uh, obviously on the commercial side, maybe it's, it's been a, the market that's cooled off during the pandemic, but certainly in, in other subsectors, like I said before, uh, the, um, the, uh, on, on the, uh, the healthcare sector or uh, the mission critical work that we do, I mean, we, we've, we've grown and we've grown at a very fast pace. So, so I think this sector is not going anywhere. To the contrary, I see many opportunities and, um, and time will tell, but uh, I think we should be optimistic about this sector going forward. Great. Thanks very much for that. 
Your next question comes from Dimitri Kamenilski from Veritas. Please go ahead. Thanks a lot uh, for taking my question. So uh, I'd like to talk to you about uh, uh, digitization. And uh, uh, obviously uh, a lot of engineering services companies talk about it. And I wonder what it really means uh, for you. Uh, and uh, uh, ability uh, uh, to manage employee costs as well as uh, offer new value-added services? Yeah. It's a very good question. Uh, we'll be talking more about this uh, when we unveil our plan uh, in the next cycle. But uh, said shortly, uh, digital means a lot of different things for different people, so I'm going to try to, uh, uh, to explain it very simply. Um, you need to divide this bucket in two. Uh, the first bucket to me is more of a, an inward focus on our, on our own business, where um, you know, we are providing the tools to our employees uh, to automate and digitalize uh, the services that uh, we are providing to our, to our clients. And uh, doing, uh, doing something like that will allow us to be more productive, uh, to provide a better design, um, uh, and, and along the way, uh, having the ability to uh, hopefully increase our margin profile, not because uh, we're passing on all of our efficiencies to our clients, but because we're providing a better service, and as a result of it, we are in a position to charge out more for our service uh, because we're providing a more efficient design and we're allowing uh, our creative design to uh, to, um, to, to design assets for our clients or on behalf of our clients that are, that are more efficient, that are less costly, uh, in a world where uh, assets are becoming more complex and complex to design. So that, to me, that's the first pocket. It's more of an inward focus. And the second one is more of an outward focus and the type of digital services that we are in a position to offer to our clients in, in today's world. And, and the reality is, uh, we are a consulting firm. We're a trusted advisor, a trusted advisor to our clients. Uh, so we're we're not a software uh, designer, uh, and we don't have the aspiration uh, to be a, a software designer. What we want to be is, you know, the, the the best technology enabler in the marketplace, and we want to be in a position to design an asset today uh, with the, the future needs in mind. And in order to achieve that is by uh, incorporating the new technologies into the assets that we are designing today and, and thinking about the future. And that's when you know, we start talking about our future-ready program. So, uh, so in a nutshell, to me, that's, that's how uh, you need to think of WSP. Uh, in the next few years, we're going to continue uh, uh, internally to become more efficient and optimize uh, our design processes by, by, by using new technology in the marketplace on one end. And on the other, uh, we want to, uh, uh, to uh, enable technology uh, into the design uh, that uh, we're completing today uh, to, to, to render the, you know, our, our assets more, more efficient and provide uh, or meet all the needs of our, of our local communities. So, so in a nutshell, that's how we're thinking about uh, the digital technology and the impact that this is having uh, on our industry. Uh, got it. Uh, understood. And then um, uh, you already mentioned uh, that uh, WSP subscale in uh, Canada, in Australia. So I just want to uh, touch base uh, on uh, acquisitions. Uh, potential acquisitions, that is. And I was wondering um, if you can talk more about which regions do you see as most fragmented uh, and which regions do you see uh, provide uh, greatest uh, opportunities uh, for consolidation and for additional I, Yeah, I think many regions are providing many opportunities. Uh, the industry is still consul uh, fragmented. I'm sorry about that. Uh, some 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 places are more consolidated than others. Uh, the UK, for instance, 
over the years uh, as con consolidated uh, very quickly and, and we have you know, uh, a very uh, good position uh, in, in the space, but yet there is still some room for us to continue our growth uh, in, in the UK. Uh, today, the, 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 the US market is still very fragmented a number of smaller size firms being part of, of, of our industry and also medium sized firms and larger size firms. So, so uh, this is just an example uh, of the spectrum uh, of, 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 uh, of, of what we're seeing in the marketplace. So personally, I, I do see some, some room for us to continue to grow as I stated before in most of our large hubs. Uh, so you can time acquisitions, and uh, we are going to remain disciplined. That's what made us successful. Uh, but in due course, I am confident that uh, those acquisitions will come our way um, uh, and, and, and will allow us to, to grow presence in those major hubs. Are there any particular uh, end markets or uh, industry sub-segments that you'd like to avoid? No. Not really. I think we like the sectors where we operate at the moment, uh, and I have no desire to exit some of the markets where we operate right now. Okay, got it. And then uh, uh, another question is, uh, how do you think, uh, obviously, lease expense is a uh, substantial expense for the company. How are you thinking about uh, real estate, uh, you know, given the uh, uh, shift uh, to, uh, you know, uh, working uh, remotely and coming to the office part-time, let's say two times a week, three times a week as opposed to five days a week. Um, I know, I remember from the uh, prior call, you didn't want to make rush decisions and you wanted to see how everything pans out. So I wonder uh, what are your thoughts on that right now? That hasn't changed. Uh, to be, uh, to be uh, totally uh, transparent with you. Uh, unlike some of our peer group, uh, we were quite uh, vocal uh, about um, the idea of remaining patient uh, around our real estate floor plan. Having said all that, in prior calls, I said that 50% uh, of our leases uh, will expire in the next three years. So. Uh, as you can imagine, we're very focused on that, and uh, we are um, we are quite uh, dynamic in the way we're thinking about it. Um, but at the same time, um, you need to strike the right balance between uh, creating an exciting working environment for your professionals, uh, making sure that you preserve uh, your brand, uh, making sure that you uh, you uh, build a, an incredible culture. And at the same time, recognizing that the world has changed and providing more flexibility to uh, our employees, it's, uh, it's in, in some fashion a, a great competitive advantage. So I'm aware of that, and uh, the team is aware of that, and uh, we are keeping this in mind as we are progressing. Uh, but at the moment, uh, I would tell you that uh, we, uh, we have taken a, a very patient approach to all of this. Uh, and that has actually benefited us as opposed to um, uh, penalizing us. And so I, I believe that we'll continue to uh, follow that track uh, in, in the near term. And, and when we do have uh, a, a firm position on the, on the subject, uh, we're we'll, we'll clearly going to be communicating. Thank you. That's it for me. Thank you. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from Ian Gillis from Stiefel GMP. Please go ahead. Morning, everyone. Morning, Hello. Ian. While I acknowledge the outlook is by and large positive, I'm just curious as to whether you're seeing any hesitancy from your private clients due to inflation trends and whether that could potentially end up being a headwind either next year or the year after. Well, at the end of the day, your guess is good as mine, but uh, I, 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 our private clients have plans, and they also have business to run, 
and, uh, uh, and, and real estate developers have returns to generate. And, and at the end of the day, I'm, uh, it's, not the, it's not what we're hearing right now, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, what, we're, what you're hearing is there's a lot of positive momentum and um, I think the large private clients have, have, have money to put to work. Uh, there's a, a lot of cash in the and 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 the banks and and in the low interest rate environment, it's providing uh, our private clients to uh, undertake uh, very exciting uh, projects and and development opportunities. So it's it's not what I'm hearing at the moment. Uh, to the contrary, and uh, but but time will tell. Time will tell. No, that's that's helpful. I, um, and the other question I was going to ask was with respect to the mining business and the work you're seeing come about there. Is there a particular focus, whether whether it be on new mine expansions or focusing on helping on the maintenance and environmental side of existing mines, or is it really the whole package? It's the whole package. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you very much. I'll turn it back over. Thank you. Your next question comes from Michael Topholm from TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Michael. Um, first question, can you talk about how things are progressing with respect to the gold or related cost synergies that you outlined uh, when you announced that acquisition? Yes, Michael. Look, it's, uh, it's progressing well. Uh, on an annualized basis, uh, I feel we are on track. So what we signal to uh, the investment community is we're you know, highly confident that we're going to be meeting. Okay, thank you. Uh, and as a follow-on to that, uh, Alex, can you comment on what level of organic growth the Golder business delivered in the third quarter? Uh, it, it was at the you know, good uh, double-digit growth for the quarter. And, and that was the same thing in, in the prior quarter. Right. So, so continued, continued, uh, continue, same. continue momentum. Yeah. Continue momentum, and the, the, the track is, is is very similar to uh, you know, the, the previous quarters at the moment. So it's okay. been a very good story. Perfect. And then just lastly for me, um, clearly lots of growth potential in the earth and environmental sector, uh, partly related to obviously an ever-increasing focus on climate change and shift to the green economy. Um, WSP is obviously very well positioned in these areas, um, but but you did talk about it as, as clearly being a focus area. Wondering if there are any specific uh, functional areas within that broader earth and environmental green economy opportunity set that you um, you think you could benefit from adding some expertise in? We're, we're not at the moment, uh, Michael, obviously, given the sheer size sometimes of uh, the acquisition that we're completing, sometimes we're, we're not necessarily going to, to announce it. Uh, but for instance, we have been growing aggressively our climate change team. Uh, in the U.S. and, and abroad, uh, so so that's an area that uh, we have been quite focused. Uh, so when you talk about rehabilitating sites, uh, and, and, and I think we have a very strong position, and and on on the studies, the planning, the strategy, uh, I'd like us to continue to increase our position as well. So. So we have we have grown our position this year uh, year to date uh, in that regard, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. Um, and 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 uh, but I'd say that given the sheer size of our business right now, we have like 14,000 strong individual in our earth environment sector. Uh, I think we have now uh, a very very strong platform uh, to work with. Uh, but we are going to continue to grow it. Uh, in the next plan, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but but this is these are just examples of, of, of what we've we've grown um, uh, through acquisitions, and also by by hiring top talent uh, over the course of this year. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. 
There are no question at this there are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to the presenters for closing remarks. So this was a, an absolute pleasure to update you on our Q3 results uh, today. Uh, I would like you to I would like to thank you for, for attending the call and I look forward to updating you uh, alongside Alain for our Q4 results and uh, strategy next year. Thank you very much and have a great day. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.